Welcome to Respect Life Radio. My name is Deacon Jeff Bennett with Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. And today our special guests guests are Ed and Eddie Reinhardt. You might remember Eddie played at CU and had a traumatic brain injury in a game in Oregon. And we have both of them here today. And we're going to talk about not only the injury, but also, you know, how faith plays an important part in the family, especially how fathers play an important role in the family, and just get a little bit of a history, you know, what happened, where are you now, and then really talk about, you know, how does God work in our families? How does he really shine when things seem dark and really bring us together and we feel the light of Christ even more so when things happen to us? So I thought we'll start off with Ed Sr. to talk a little bit about, you know, where you've come from, what's going on, and have Eddie kind of give a little update, and then we'll get into really the faith component of this and how important it is to have God in our families. Yes, hello, this is uh, Ed Reinhardt Sr., uh, and I just want to uh, review my part of the of our two stories. There's two stories involved here, uh, certainly Edward's accident, and then I wanted to talk a little bit about my relationship with my own father, and then how it strangely, mysteriously, providentially connects with Ed's accident. And we talk, again, we talk about the good that comes out of tragedy. After Ed's accident, I was seeing a, a, a priest who was giving me some advice, and of course the big question is, is when someone gets hurt, is why? You know, why did this happen to my family? You know, we were sailing along, going to 25 games a season to watch our kids play, and all of a sudden our family stopped. So why did that happen? And then through some advice, he would say, well, let's look at Scripture and at Romans 8, 28, that all things happen for good to those who love the Lord and filling in with his plan. So then you begin to ask more questions. Over the years since then, Eddie and I have put a program together where for 25 years we've been traveling around the country. We talk about the good that can come out of tragedy, and I'll talk about that in a moment. And then we also talk about the importance of the influence of parents in the family. And yeah, so, Two critical stories because we all have stuff happen to us, right? Absolutely. We all have crosses. And if we don't have a solid family, yikes. That's right. So it works. Many years ago, I had an accident. I was a football star in the University of Colorado. I was second leading pass receiver in the nation. My grade point average was 3-6. In the second game of my sophomore year, I caught a pass, was tackled, my head the ground very hard. I was in a coma for 60 Two days. The injury was a subdermatoma complicated by pneumonia. Doctor said it was a miracle I survived. Yeah, I mean that's it's an incredible story. And to think, you know, I watched the video. You people can go on YouTube and watch what happened. And you know, there were two things that I really noticed from that. One, it, it seemed like, in, as far as football goes, a pretty innocent play. But it really seemed, I mean, how the Oregon community rallied to support you. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting. Yes. You know, we, we kind of look at things now because everybody has cell phones and instant messaging and <laughs> Twitter and text that they literally had to call you. You were, were you in Nebraska at a game with your other son or what was going on with that? My wife was in Nebraska watching 
Our son John played. Okay. Now I'm coming down from Wyoming. Our son Tom was being recruited by Wyoming, and I'm uh, we're driving home listening to the CU Oregon game. And Ed catches a pass, and John, then Ed, then no Ed. And uh, finally they announced that somebody collapsed. And, you know, a parent, we feel like that right in our chest. That right. And you always know it's your kid, it's right? my kid. And yeah. then they announced number 44, Eddie Reinhardt. So 88. That began to change our uh, number 88, sorry. That's two two forty fours. Two times forty four is eighty eight, and uh, that started a whole different uh, part of our life. Yeah. How did how did that change the dynamic of your family, or did it? Well, it it certainly did. I want to just take a second and talk about my relationship with my other my father, because that's the other part of the story. Mm-hmm. And I'll just briefly say, my dad left home when I was nine and didn't come home until I found him and brought him home forty two years later. Wow. And uh, just before he passed away, uh, by now we'd reconciled. I told him I was able to tell him I loved him. And now uh, he looks up and he says, you're okay, kid. So that's the <laughs> title of our book. And that's kind of the you title of our book. You are okay, kid. So why, why did he leave home? Do you, well, I mean, did like he ever he, go to, I mean, tell you the story? Or? It wasn't like he slammed the door. Uh, this was the early part of World War II. He worked on construction with Kiewit. Okay. And, they, uh, and he ended up in Alaska, and he was up there four years. And then after that, he just uh, just worked up and down the West Coast. And then my folks were diver- divorced then in 1952 when I was 19 and my dad was 51. And I had to testify that he did, in fact, desert the family. What is really strange is that the divorce took place no more than one mile away from where Edward was injured, right there in Eugene, Oregon. Wow. I mean, talk about, there are no such things as coincidence, yes. right? Yeah. And so, that, so, of course, by midnight, I'm over his bed, and I was out there for a month, uh, along with my wife, staying with Ed in the coma. And during that time, I began to ask, why am I in Eugene, Oregon? Why do I have to come back to the same town where I struggled with and, and suffered from a, uh, a tragedy, what I thought was when my parents were... Uh, well, were that divorced. is, right? That is, yeah. to a kid, that's a huge tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so what I really found out when I was out there, because I used to say, why didn't this happen in, uh, in Boulder a week before where he set the school record? in past receptions, or at Notre Dame where the team would play. Why in Eugene? And really what I learned out there during that month is that I had to, because I made some decisions, as most of our boys do, when there is a divorce, and and deciding that I wasn't going to get close to anyone, I wasn't going to trust mm-hmm. people, I wasn't going to love anyone, because I wasn't going to get hurt again. Right. It's a protection what, mechanism. What I was doing is I was building walls up around myself and other people. And so what I learned out there is I had to let those walls down. I could no longer stand behind not trusting people, not loving people, not caring uh, people. So there was a lot of good come from it. So that I look at that like the, like the Lord, if he was going to get hurt, it helped us in a way, helped me certainly get over all of the bad uh, things that I, uh, decisions that I had, uh, that I had made there. Well, you know, the tragedy when we have difficulties in our families or have those crosses is when we don't draw closer to the Lord and take advantage of those yeah. gifts that he gave us, right? I mean, it's, uh-huh. I mean, that talk about making a bad situation worse, <laughs> right? You've been given a tough situation, but it's one to bring you closer to God. It's, it's a humbling experience. And boy, when, and you took advantage of it, right? I mean, it was something you realized there was, a, yeah. there was something behind this. Yeah. yeah, again, the goodness of those people. 
out there and also in Denver. We had tremendous support from the, the Catholic community uh, here in Denver when Ed was hurt. And, and financially, we, uh, that helped Ed. We built an addition onto our home. Home, where we yeah. had For the next 140 uh, volunteers a week. Wow. Came through the house doing patterning. And then uh, we made 14 trips to Philadelphia, five to, to, to uh, clinics back there, and five to uh, Florida, and four or five out to uh, California. So there was money there available to where we could do those things, uh, and, and so much of it came from our Catholic uh, community. Yeah, I mean, what a what a generous. You know, it's amazing how people rally around, <laughs> yeah. help people when something bad like that happens. And sure uh, do, yeah. you know, you you hear so much bad in the world. It's nice to uh-huh. hear, you know, that people truly do care. Yeah, and really you know, do. whether it was 1984 or 2019, we need to hear stories like that. Yeah. Yeah, and the uh, the community rallied. Uh, uh, we had put out notices. To, uh, our our parish, All Souls, a lot of volunteers come in. St. Thomas right. More, St. Mary's. Five people, one, two, three, four, five, patterning. We, all the, wow. We did a therapy called patterning. Uh-huh. He couldn't crawl. He couldn't, uh, I couldn't walk. He yeah. was in a wheelchair, and so all of that helped his uh, walking eventually. Yeah. How did, how did this affect the nucleus of your family, your your other children. I mean, did it bring you closer to the Lord, closer together as a family? How did that work? What was the dynamic? As far as uh, football is concerned, um, I told them, I said, hey, I'm not going to tell you to quit football. I said, I'd be a hypocrite if I did. So you, when you go back to your teams, you have to play. I said, play as hard as you ever did so you don't get hurt. So they all went back. There was no question about it. And uh, But as far as that, yeah, it brought us all... Uh, Closer as a family. We were always very close. They all went through the Catholic schools. Right. And even today, now we have it set up to where uh, uh, John will take him for a weekend and Rose or Matt or any one of them will take him for a weekend. Uh, quite often. And I, oh, boy. I oh, think, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah. I think, <laughs> I think you go with... Uh, with Matt this weekend, you're going up to a CU basketball game. Yeah. Oh, good. You know, I, I'm, good. Wearing yeah. I, I'm wearing out. I can't make all those trips anymore. But one of the, another blessing that we had is after two years, Ed, his speaking wasn't clear or wasn't good. So they, they said back there, well, why don't you send him to uh, singing lessons? That'll help speech and that'll help singing. So Ed developed a talent to sing. And so here, here we go with one of his songs. I rode a blazing saddle, I wore a shining star. My job to offer battle to bad men near and far. I conquered fear and I conquered hate. I turned dark night into day. I made my blazing saddle a torchy light the way. Well, you sing much better than I do. Okay. Right? I couldn't carry a tune if it had a handle on it. So you're <laughs> way ahead of me. And for those who are listening and are Blazing Saddles fan, you'll remember that song from the movie, which actually is a really funny movie. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't make a movie like that today. Yeah. No, no, not in our politically correct society. Uh, it is. So how are you doing, Eddie? Pretty good. How are you? I'm doing good. How's your How's your life now? I mean... You get to spend time with your family. You yes. get to rotate yes, and share share the gift. And it sounds like you get out. You're going yeah. to a basketball uh-huh. game. 
Pretty good. Thank you. Well, good. It's really good to see you. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's doing quite well. He keeps busy. Twice a week, he goes down to Craig Hospital for phys- yes. physical therapy. Lots of sweat. And uh, works. Well, out. you're an athlete. You're used to that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, uh, you know, it's interesting. We go down to Craig, and if it's one minute after eleven, he's jumping up and down, saying, "Where is this guy? You know, I want to get to work." <laughs> yes, let's and go. I, yeah. He must. He got that from his mother. He didn't get that from me because, <laughs> you know, I'm saying, "Oh, take your time, buddy. Don't uh, right. rush." Anyway, that's one of the things he's involved in. Then, like I say, he goes out to a. Uh, it's called KDEP, King's Day Enrichment Program out here each Tuesday, yeah. all day long. And okay. they have crafts and they do things. They sing and they Good. cook and Dance. do a lot of things. And there's about 60 guys out there yes. and gals. with. You might see half a dozen wheelchairs. Right. And different. All of them have some sort of a disability. But uh, And, you know, the, for the 25 years, Ed and I have been traveling the country talking about our program and and uh, selling the book that we have titled "You're Okay, Kid." Yeah, great title. And uh, uh, anyway, yeah, we keep we keep him busy. Well, good. And it, just as a reminder, you're listening to Respect Life Radio. We have Ed and Eddie Reinhardt here as our guests. Um, I'd like to, you know, could you talk a little bit more about, you know, you went and found your dad. What was that? Rela- how did how did you build that relationship? Because just finding him is one thing, right? Right. This is uh, back in the 60s. I'm standing in line one cold day and, uh, to, uh, to get my auto registration department, a, a registration license, my yeah, license. Yeah, yeah. And so I thought, then I thought, why don't I write to all the states in the West and uh, see, see if they'll tell me where he lives? Because I went to the Keywood office in Omaha one time, mm-hmm. and they said, no, no, no. Everybody said, no, we can't tell you that. So I said, the heck with you. And so, privacy wasn't that big back no, then either, no. like it is today. So I spent some time in the, on the West Coast looking for him. You know, couldn't find him up and down the coast. And uh, so I wrote these letters. Well, they come back, and here was a letter from Oregon saying, here's where he lives. He's married, and uh, here's his car and the whole thing. Well, a couple months later, we pack up and head for Oregon. And uh, we had, now we have three preschoolers, and my wife is pregnant with our fourth <laughs> child. You were brave. And I had an old, <laughs> beat-up old car and no money, but, you know, determined to have that relationship. I was very close to my dad very early on. Okay. I have four siblings, older siblings, um, and they were away at a Catholic boarding school. But my dad and I was all together, seemed like, all the time. He worked in Nebraska on road maintenance, and I was either in the road grader or the uh, uh, around the shop or in the trucks, just with him all the time. So that's what really developed my closeness with my dad, is there, that I couldn't let him go. We used to go swimming in the gravel pits, and uh, we'd swim back to shore, and he'd always tell me, hold on to me, don't let go. Well, he's saying, I, I don't want you to drown, and eventually, as I got older, those words kept ringing, hold on to me, hold on to me, and I couldn't let go. My old other siblings, they didn't say this, but I think they implied that, what are you running out there after him for, after what he did to us? Right. And so, but I just had that close. And I'm named after him, left-handed like him, and I look like him, some say. But, so when I found him, I just walked up to his door and said, hi, Dad, I'm your son. Well, that started our reconciliation. Did he recognize you? Yeah, he did. Okay. Yeah. And uh, uh, so... 
we reconciled. It took some time. We had our arguments and fighting and such. Not not we didn't come to fists, well, but I mean disagreements. Disagreements. Yes. And so, uh, and then eventually, his second wife had passed away, and then he decided he'd like to uh, move back to the family. So, but during that time, this was the big key. I said, Dad, tell me about your dad or my grandfather. And he says, I don't know, Ed. He says he left us when I was five years old. And I thought. How that, that's how he modeled. That's that, what he that's modeled what he for him. Yeah, and I thought, how how could I, all of the anger and bitterness just dissolved after that? Because I thought, you know, how could he manage without? He he went to the seventh grade. He was on his own at fourteen. He was a cowboy in Colorado and Wyoming and Utah and all of these states around here, and just a maverick. And then he met my Irish Catholic so, solid <laughs> mother, you know, who came from a strong farm Catholic background. Right. And those two got together, and, and here we are. <laughs> so why don't we talk about the importance of fathers in a family, right? I mean, we saw what happens when a father mo- doesn't model well, yeah. right? How important is it for a father to model well? I mean, you've been through a lot yeah. of stuff. You reconcile with your son. What kind of words of wisdom can you give us yeah, about what that? I learned through uh, the program That Man Is You. That's yeah. Oh, that's a big national yeah. program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We went through uh, the program of, uh, down at All Souls. And uh, one of the things I learned there uh, statistically shows that when the father is involved spiritually in the family and, and heads up the family and directs the spiritual, that that the family is, is uh, stays very close to uh, their religion and to our church and to uh, I've and seen to similar studies on that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely strong. And not to say that, because that, I had a very good Irish Catholic mother who kept us close to the, uh, uh, to church. the church. And I had, and the nuns who I, and the, between the nuns and a very good uh, pastor and priest, uh, I think he kept me, they kept me out of jail. <laughs> they wanted, which is good. Which is helpful. <laughs> But they wanted me to, or he, uh, she wanted me to uh, serve at Mass and then also to sing in the choir, which I did. And you know, in those days, we had to learn the Latin. Yes, a little uh, different than today. Yeah, yeah. And I was no student of anything anyway. I mean, yeah. so I had a time with that. But I got through it, and, and those were very important years in my life when I was an altar boy and being around the altar, just, you know, changing the candles and doing all those things that really developed my own spirituality. Yeah, and moms, I mean, moms play a huge role, but a mom can't be a mom and a dad. No, yeah. no matter how hard they try, yeah. Yeah. it's that's why God, cre- right. you know, we have the holy family, right? Joseph and Mary. Yeah. If God, dads weren't important, it just would have been Mary. Yeah. No, that was, uh, my mother was just a fantastic uh, mother. And now, was she around when the accident happened to Eddie? She or? was. Okay. Uh, yeah. uh, this happened in 84, and she passed away in 86. Okay. So uh, early on, she would come out. When Ed was crawling, Right. and learn, after the pattering process of five minutes, we'd move him like he was crawling. He'd get down on the floor, start to crawl, and uh, he would crawl maybe a yard or two and then just collapse. After five years, his daily routine, just crawling, he would crawl the uh, on his stomach, a thousand yards a day, and with big, thick knee pads, he would creep on his hands and knees the distance of forty four, football fields a day. Forty wow. football fields. So, well, to answer the question, my grand, my mother would come out, and I can still see her crawling down the <laughs> d- down the hallway, getting this guy to go. I mean, she's just a great, 
great lady. That's amazing. And, and Pat, yes. my wife Pat, comes from a very strong, now German background, from Kearney, Nebraska. Right. And very fine parents. And now her father uh, was such a... Uh, a person in my life who give me good example and and we all need and a that. role model for me. Yeah, he uh, helped build help build the new church down there, and he was a very Lawrence. very strong Knights of Columbus. Right, and so you know you learn from so many people when there's no father around. Right now, one of the things I didn't trust a lot of people because I just didn't know him. Now, had a father been there to stand behind me, I would always have thought that somebody cared. But, you know, I run yeah. into a lot of people over my life that their intentions weren't as good as my dad's should have been. Right, you know? right. And so you don't begin, you don't, you have to, people really have to prove themselves before you're going to trust them very much. And that's how I grew up. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, even today, you don't want to give people blind trust. That's something yeah. that needs to be earned, right? And right. you see that, especially when something happens, then you find out, yeah. you know, who your friends are, who you can trust, and That's that right. kind of thing. You know, anybody can be good when uh-huh. things are going well. That's right. What happens when we hit a little bit of a rocky, rocky road? That's right. But- so, Eddie, I'd like to ask you a question. How important is your dad in your life? Awesome job. Thank you. <laughs> Great is fine brother <laughs> i mean sounds like brother. a loving dad and he's yes. and he's been with you every step of the way yes. especially since 1984 i mean uh, even before but even after this i mean uh-huh. i can't imagine you'd be sitting here today if it wasn't for your dad yeah good idea well not an idea it's a fact right yeah. that actually you know that's that's the thing. We need more models. We need more examples of what a dad looks like. Uh-huh. Again, anybody can be a dad, right? Yeah. Right. What does it mean to be a father and actually spend time with your kids and, you know, through the good and bad? And as we know, the kids get older, the problems get bigger and more expensive. Yeah, that's right. yeah. You know, and it's and it's not easy all the times to be a dad. But I tell my kids and who have children now. And I tell them, hey, it's, it's tough sometimes to be a dad, but you're going to pay one way or the other. You're going to give of yourself when they're little, or you're going to give of yourself when they're old, and the older problems get really bad. That's right. Well, it's the old yeah. cats in the cradle song, right? Harry yeah. Chapin, you know, That's the dad right. who didn't spend any time with his kid, That's and then right. the kid gets older and doesn't want to spend any time with his dad. Yeah. No, that's that's right. One way you're going to pay. But one of the things we did, we we went, we were going to 25 games a season just to watch our own kids play. Yeah, and uh, which was great. And all of a sudden, that just it didn't stop. We kept going to some of them, but not as. But it made it a lot harder. Because, yeah. It yeah. Was. And uh, so we struggled. I get that question quite a bit. You know, I get this question. I've got a seven uh, seventh grader who wants to play football. What should I do? Mm-hmm. Well, I attended a, a seminar with Coach Steve Mariucci from the Detroit yeah, f- Lions. Yeah. He said four things a parent should do with their young. He should be in the best shape possible. Ed was second best conditioned on the on the field when he was hurt, and the doctors said he not he would not have survived had he not been right because he developed pseudomonas pneumonia too. Uh, weeks after the accident, that almost took him out. We had donor cards and everything. Yeah. Else. The other thing, he says, then you should have the best equipment possible. And the third thing, you should know what the coach's uh, philosophy is. Is it win at all costs? Like Steve says, hey, this is not war. You know, you've got to really be hey, Our job is to get to heaven, yeah, right? That's right. Yeah. This, when, when, Wins and losses are, uh, don't really help during judgment day. And then the fourth thing what he, that he emphasized on is that the, the, the parents should – 
and the and the player should really know what's expected of him of uh, in the in the field. You know, if, if he's a linebacker, he should know exactly what he should be doing. Where because he said that's where a lot of kids do. They just stand around and boom, they get hurt. Right. So he says the uh-huh. parents uh, and the child and and the parents too because they can coach him. Right. And another job for the dads to do, but. Anyway, well, but a lot of that's the parents' job, right? That's All those right. things you listed, you'd want to make sure that that's what your kid yeah. was getting, uh-huh. yeah, uh-huh. right? Because yeah. kids don't think as clearly no, as that's as, our job. That's, that's right. That's and why. so, again, being a dad's not easy, right? No, a lot of times not. we got to be the bad guy, yeah, right? They'd rather go to mom, yeah. <laughs> but the blessings and and the good that can come from it, I yeah, mean, the joy, the peace, and comfort. We have a granddaughter who is a goalie for the. Uh, University of uh, St. John's in New York City. Uh-huh. And I just got a, a picture on my machine that showed her in, in Madison Square Garden. And she was the game player of the of the week. This is just last week. Oh, neat. The game player of, wow. of the game. Wow. Yeah. And, uh, Very and, good. And, and she has a uh, – th- and, and it showed she has a 367 grade point average. I'm gonna, we're going to have to stop talking sure. about grades because yeah. you – between you and Eddie – I. I I couldn't do 3.67 if I added a couple semesters together. So I'm getting a little jealous. So we're going to get away from the mm-hmm. the grade thing, but it is it's great, right? We want to see yeah. we want to see our young people succeed and be yeah. the best. Yeah. You know, give your best effort and whatever happens happens, but always give your best That's effort. That's what you got to do. Yeah. And the blessings for dads, you know, certainly in heaven are going to yeah, they're going to uh uh, it's it's going to come out. Well, that's what we all hope for, right? Yeah. Especially right. us as dads. We asked for it. That's right. You know, that's we got right. married and we had children and, and all that joy. And That's right. And it is fun. In, in reality, I mean, there's uh-huh. challenges with it no matter who you are. But in reality, to have kids and to really, you know, see them grow and mature uh-huh. and succeed, especially when it comes to the faith component, Grew is really. Is in therapy. Well, that's pretty good. Absolutely. That's really good. So we're down to the last minute. Uh, I mean, it's been real interesting to get an update from you. Is Thanks. is there any more, you know, a part of a song you want to sing? We got about a minute to go. Oh, Oklahoma every night. My honey lamb and I sit alone and talk and watch a hawk making lazy circles in the sky. You know we belong to the land and the land we belong to is grand. And when we say, yeah, yip i yip yeah. We're only saying, oh, York, you and Pine, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, O-K-L-A-H-O-M-A, Oklahoma. You're probably going to get a recording contract yeah. before all said and done. So, again, thanks for coming out. This has been Catholic Radio. We've been talking to Ed and Eddie Reinhardt. What a great story. And for those interested, look up You're Okay, Kid. What a great book, and I'd recommend that for everybody. God bless.